And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. Hey, Frank, a little birdie told me you don't need a satellite dish to get DirecTV. What's the little birdie? Was it Jimmy the Sparrow? It's a figure of speech. Point is, you can stream DirecTV over the internet now. Oh, sure. Next you're going to tell me those big birds are made of metal and filled with people, right? <laughs> you mean airplanes? Stream DirecTV without a satellite dish. Visit DirecTV.com. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. Speaking his success into existence, and here's what it looks like tonight. Better than they did in game one. Curry! Cooking! A colossal three! Or juice. Turn it up. It's the playoffs. Welcome to the NBA Daily Ding on the Athletic NBA Show. What's the what's the work that you do during both the summer and, and the season that enables you not just to keep your conditioning sharp, but also to be able to be able to be constantly running around when you're on the court? I've always had that since high school, but again, it's it's not like uh, one thing you do in the summer it's an accumulation of every year all the work that you put in that uh continues to show itself throughout the throughout your career throughout the season playoffs and you know every year that I get an opportunity to play on this level so I do pride myself on trying to be you know the hardest worker the most consistent worker um maybe the last two or three years you, you work a lot smarter than than harder uh just a little bit more often, especially in the offseason. Um, but that's that old saying, like, what you do in the summer shows up, you know, at moments like these. So, doing my job. Ding, ding. How about we can just watch basketball? I like that idea. And welcome to the Daily Ding on the Athletic NBA Show. I'm Dave DeFore here with Keith Parrish for your NBA Finals Game 2 recap. Before we start, don't forget you can get this podcast without ads by subscribing at theathletic.com slash NBA show. Game 2. Two Warriors third quarter so far, Keith, in the finals. And this one in Game 2 was one that was a throwback third quarter for the Warriors. The Warriors win game two to even the series with the Boston Celtics. 107-88 on the back of an old school throwback Warriors third quarter, Keith. Yeah, and honestly they did it in game one as well, but game one of course had the huge Boston rally. There was no miracle Boston rally in this one. The third quarter avalanche totally put the Celtics out. 35-14 to advantage to the Warriors. We saw Steph Curry. I think he might have his eyes. I mean, I don't want to get ahead of myself, but he might have his eyes on that finals MVP, his performance through two games. Uh, he has rested the MVP race from Al Horford. Am I right? I think Al Horford, early yeah, I, clubhouse I, leader, Al had two points uh, in this game, two loss. 
Yeah, I don't think Al Horford is uh, going to be competing with Steph Curry for any any awards here. Uh, I want to let's start at the beginning of the game, and, and one of the big differences, Keith, that I thought for the Warriors was their defense. Man, their defense in this game was fantastic, start to finish. But it started with Draymond Green in the first. He was jumping out on the ball handler at the point of attack, guarding Jalen Brown, and you had Wiggins on Tatum. And I thought that right away, that was a huge move. First possession, he he jumps out on Al Horford up top, forces a, a jump ball. I mean, this was the sort of intensity that we've come to expect from Draymond, but it was great to see it, especially after he was podcasting 10 minutes after game one. So, Keith, the defense just right away, much better for the Warriors. And Draymond just, you just like the fire. Now, he picks up a technical (laughs) early in this one. And then later on in the game, gets tied up with Jalen Brown a little bit. And they go to the review, Keith. And and now, correct me if I'm wrong here. If this is a regular season game, if it's the first quarter, this is a classic case of a double tech. That's what they were saying on the broadcast. It would have been a very soft Double tech, and I thought it was interesting to hear Steve Javi kind of side with Jeff Van Gundy and say, like, listen, you have to be aware, you know, that a player has a technical foul in the situation. And so we default, all right, we're not going to call a very soft double tech here. And obviously everyone cheering against the Warriors is outraged. Everyone who cheers against Draymond is outraged for the fire, as you call it. It was really funny where ABC showed, like, a, a montage of him shoving people and they were like, look at this leadership. <laughs> you're like, that's not really, I guess that's leadership. Maybe it gives the Warriors their edge. Like you said, the defense was really excellent all night. Yes, the Celtics missed some shots, but they finished 40% on three-pointers. It was that two-pointers. They couldn't score. They couldn't get open looks. They couldn't beat their man. Yeah, and in spite of the Warriors' uh, rise in defensive intensity to start the game, it actually looked like a continuation of the fourth quarter right at the start. Jalen Brown hit a couple of threes in like the first minute and a half of the game. Boston hit its first five shots of the game and then went 0 of 7. But they were just missing good looks. And even though, the you know, the Warriors were forcing them into the position where they had to work to get shots, they wound up with some good looks, just couldn't hit them. And early on, I thought Boston's defensive activity was still good. Al Horford was chasing Steph Curry around the perimeter. Uh, but Steph Curry is just back to being Steph. Yeah, I mean, both these teams are just awesome at defense. That's the thing we knew about it coming in, and we really saw it in that first half where there was shot making, uh, Jalen Brown making some shots, Jason Tatum was on fire for three-point range. The Celtics made 10 out of 19 threes in that first half. But it's just, despite all that, it was a two-point game, 52 to 50, because these teams, are they're locked in mortal battle. And it felt like, kind of like, this is just going to be a knockdown drag out until, of course, uh, the Celtics... Got, got blown out of the water with that Warriors third quarter. Also, one thing that maybe contributed to the defense was a slight uh, playing change because of Andre Iguodala being unavailable for game two. And so we got to see the return of Gary Payton too. And I thought he looked excellent. He looked excellent out there, giving them that glue guy, that hustle guy, that energy defender that really has fit in so well with that team all year. Yeah, Gary Payton and Otto Porter played huge minutes in this game tonight, and I thought that they helped them on both ends, but in particular on the defensive end, and it allowed them to not have to go to Jordan Poole when he was getting cooked a little bit. And But I think it's a good time to talk about that third quarter because it happened. Unfortunately for the Boston Celtics, they happen every game, and they're going to happen for the next at least four or five games. So 
the Warriors third quarter, they win the quarter 35-14. Steph had 14 in the quarter, and he was back to just, he's hitting some of these shots that we used to expect him to hit that now we've watched him just miss for the last few months. Uh, he's hitting those again, Keith. The 30-footers the off the dribble, it doesn't matter. Yeah, going in. Steph looks incredible, and, and, you know, the Warriors put up 35, which is impressive against the Celtics defense, but also it's like Steph's making enough three-pointers where you're you're feeling like, all right, man, this is that avalanche that a lot of teams can't match, but when you combine those Steph three-pointers with this defense that just totally shut down the Celtics, the Celtics couldn't get anything going, like that's how you had to pull away, and then, of course, you get the, the pool near half quarter to finish the quarter, which if you're Steph Curry and like, that's been your thing, your whole career, the feeling it must, it must be to have a teammate help you out and do that in the finals to be like, I don't have to do this by myself. I have a buddy here who this Jordan pool guy can, can just step back 40 footer at the buzzer. Yeah. So Steph finishes the game with 29 points. Again, there was a lot of garbage time here. So some of these numbers are going to be depressed a bit. Jordan Poole had 17. You mentioned the the half-court buzzer beater three. Well, he had a three right before that. The very the previous possession, he had a three. And Keith, one of the things that we've seen with Jordan Poole is that his confidence is sort of waxed and waned. And it affects him on both ends. Even on the defensive end, when his when his shot's not falling, he he tends to, I'm not going to say he, he's a worse defender, but it just seems to sort of cascade into worse decisions, trying to make plays, trying to press. He's a young player. This is what they do. You got to be a little bit worried if you're Boston because it seemed like Poole got himself going a little bit, it, not just in the third, but also at the beginning of the fourth. I mean, he was cooking. Right. He, I mean, he had a slow first half and it wasn't until those two three-pointers in the third quarter where he really kind of, you know, put together a little nice one-two punch. Um, the fourth quarter, it was all garbage time. It, you, you wondered, all right, is Poole kind of get, getting his legs so he can help the team later in this series? And especially, you know, you want Poole to be able to do that at home where role players are maybe doing a little bit better. I mean, Otto Porter, like, I think he's five out of six on three-pointers in the series. Like, is that is that going to travel um, when they when the series shifts to Boston? The other guy who who, like, really struggled this game for the Warriors, Clay Thompson. Clay Thompson was a mess, four for 19 from the field. He was playing late, and it was almost like, are they just trying to get him right? Yeah, he did hit a three right right at the start of that third quarter run uh, after halftime, and I don't know, he just didn't look right. And when he's going off the dribble so much, seems like a lot of his shots are landing front rim. You have to start thinking maybe it's fatigue. Obviously, you know, he hasn't been playing basketball <laughs> that long since coming back from the the knee and the Achilles. So you wonder if it's if it's just a little bit of ah, I'm at the end of my rope right now. And maybe they, and they did play him late trying to play him into sort of rhythm, but Keith, it, I don't know, it's just not happening. These post-ups, they keep trying to post up Clay Thompson on Peyton Pritchard, and it's just getting the Warriors nowhere. Why would you depress your your chaos offense for that? I think they, they're just comfortable kind of being more relaxed, not as structured. Like, hey, if Clay's trying to post this guy up, it's fine. I mean, I think people have rightly pointed out that Clay Thompson, this entire postseason, they're virtually his career numbers. Like, he's been right there. This is finally one, like, this is a quite bad game. You know, it's a very below or subpar game for Clay Thompson. But I mean, Clay Thompson's just waiting for that game five, game six, right? He, he, you know, he's going to be there. He, he gets juiced up for the games that really matter. You know, he doesn't even feel it anymore. Game two of the finals, he needs something a little harder, I think. 
Yeah, and uh, for Boston, we've got to talk about Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown, the two stars. Uh, 28 points for Tatum in this game. But Keith, look, man, uh, he hit a bunch of threes, but the 28 points feels a little empty to me. And most of that is because there was no playmaking from him whatsoever. Well, I think it's the second half numbers, and they didn't play very, very much in the fourth quarter, but, like, they had nothing. You know, they 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 had these big first halves, and then they they finished with these very subpar second-half numbers. And Tatum, I mean, he was he was minus 27 in just the second half as far as the plus-minus. And, like, that's that's just that's just brutal. And you're not, you're not getting enough. But also, like, you know, game one, the victory, it wasn't, yes, Tatum and Brown were huge, but the story of the game was... Al Horford, Derek White, Marcus Smart. Look at their stats in game two. And you're like, oh, Al had two. Marcus had two. Like, that's not good. That's not going to get it done. And Derek White was four of 13 in this game. And that's exactly why Derek White got so many opportunities to shoot the ball in game one. Mm-hmm. Because the expectation of the Warriors, I mean, someone's going to take shots for the opposing team. The Warriors, yeah, they got beat by Al Horford and Derek White. In game one and game two, like you just mentioned, you got two points from Al Horford. I think another big issue besides those, those non Jalen and Jason players, not having the offensive games you'd expect is Robert Williams, who in game one looked healthier and the injury report came out that he was questionable for this one. And it was like, all right, did he get banged up again? He's obviously been fighting this injury the entire playoffs. And we saw it. He didn't have very much in the tank for the team, can only play a few minutes. And when he was out there, it's not the same mobility, not the same explosion on defense. And that's a big factor. And I know that's just something they're going to have to keep fighting with as the series goes along. But that felt like a, a big issue, especially when this Warriors team, they're so active when like Wiggins is on the board and Looney's on the board and not having a fully healthy Time Lord. You saw it again tonight we're like all right that's you know he's clearly limited yeah and and if the Celtics can't solve their live ball turnover problem this series is going to shift back to the Warriors being favored because this has been a, a concern for Boston all playoff long the handle is loose for their for their main facilitators but tonight was just it was one of the worst performances I've seen from this team since you know, January, really, like with the ball. They just did, did not protect the ball at all. Yeah. I, I Sometimes I feel like when I see the Celtics turning the ball over, I do feel like they're being careless. And like the Warriors are famous for being careless with the basketball, turning it over. This one, I, I, I felt like maybe my personal judgment meter was closer towards crediting the Warriors for just actually playing really nice defense and like applying that pressure and making guys who weren't, who are not, the best of ball handlers beat you and and this pressure. Yeah. It led to uh, 33 points off turnovers for the Warriors, which is a massive number. And like, that's a lot to overcome <laughs> for, for a Celtics team. But I, I like, I still have this, this matchup. It's totally even in my mind. Like this is just, it's, it's going to like, we're going back to Boston. It can, it, any number of strange bounces, strange calls, uh, double technicals called in the first quarter that, the rest forget about when they call a soft one later in the game and ejections. I don't know. Like it, it can go either way. It's been so entertaining so far. Like, are you, are you moved at all based on what you've seen through two games where you're like, Oh, I think the Warriors do have an advantage or the Celtics are like, ah, maybe I favor them. I mean, I, I think Steph Curry's performance in the first two games uh, makes it pretty hard for me to count the Warriors out at all. Uh, he's by far the best player in this series. 
And if he can get help and it comes on the defensive end most nights from the Warriors, but he got help tonight. And I I think that if they can do that (laughs) consistently, I think Steph is back. I think this is just, he's back. Whatever groove he he was missing, he's now back on rhythm. And um, yeah, I I think that my, I'm going to shift my opinion from game to game is kind of how this series is going to go because I do think that, that there is going to be a little bit of front running in this series at some point. If, if golden state can go in and take game three, they win the series. But if Boston wins game three, I won't feel that way. Yeah. So I, it's, I know that's a little bit of like, I've kind of uh, Marcus Thompson, this answer here by giving you like six different answers. Um, but the truth is I, it changes quarter to quarter. Yeah. And we haven't had like a, we haven't had a Jason Tatum game yet. You know, he's obviously, he's struggling with his shot. You give the credit to the Warriors, the way they're defending him. Um, he, he had a lot of great playmaking moments in game one, not as much in game two, just kind of like that great first half, knocking on those three-pointers, and then like an overall, just like an okay game, but like he clearly in the second half in that third quarter, whatever it is, for the whole Celtics, that like they just couldn't get it going, and that continues to kind of be a problem for the team that they're going to have to address uh, going forward. Next question on the left. Looking for an assist with your credit card, but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. This episode is brought to you by Michelob Ultra, the official beer sponsor of the NBA. Want to get closer to the game than ever before? Michelob Ultra Courtside is giving fans the chance to win exclusive NBA prizes and experiences like official gear, courtside seats to an NBA game, and more. Head over to MichelobUltra.com courtside to learn more. And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Visit DirecTV.com. Claim based on total games offered on national and regional sports networks with choice package or higher. Availability of RSNs varies by zip code and package. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. Steph, you, uh, Draymond was talking about how you were patient to start the game, and then uh, obviously you took over in the third quarter. Does your finals experience and all the playoff games you played, would you say you're better at kind of sensing those moments and when to, you know, step off the gas and when to go, et cetera? Yeah, that's the accumulation of the last, you know, two years of trying to figure that out and balance. Kind of to a question earlier of, the scoring load, the playmaking load, and everything that you try to accomplish throughout the game. So I try to be under control, composed, see the, see the game, feel the you know the flow and the rhythm, and, and know where I can get <clears throat> to my spots. And there's definitely a lot of composure there, and based on the experience of you know 15 to 19 in, in these last two years. Anthony. Al Horford doesn't even get up a three tonight. Marcus Smart, I just think, went 0 of 3. What just, what do you think you guys did much better defensively to, to shut off some of those uh, holes? 
Just a level of focus to start the game. We looked back at game one, and there were between Marcus, Al Horford, and uh, Derek White, there were like maybe four or five shots that they got in the first half that were just uncontested, and they're professionals. They they play this game just like we do. And you understand if if the shoe's on the other foot and we're getting those type of shots, that carries over through the rest of the game, and you start searching a little bit more, you start feeling a little bit more comfortable. So for us to come out in the first quarter with a level of intensity and focus to – Obviously, with uh, Jalen and, and Jason, what they do with the ball in their hands, they're they're tough covers. So you have to keep. There's a. It's more obvious what you need to do on those guys. But then, um, certain possessions we took, kept the body on Al. You know, try to force Marcus into a crowd, and uh, I think that carried over the rest of the game. So we have to continue to try to do that because they're they're liable to get hot at any moment. What's the, what's the work that you do? Okay, Keith, a little bit of news that's non-NBA Finals related because the Utah Jazz, of course, did not make the NBA Finals. Utah Jazz head coach Quinn Snyder has resigned from that position, Keith. And uh, I don't know, th- this seems like it's been brewing for a minute. He obviously has been thrown out there in Laker rumors, but the Lakers have hired a coach. So he's walking away with a year left on his deal um, it's a little weird, but it's not out of the blue. It's not out of the blue. It's one of those news stories where, honestly, I thought to myself, that hadn't happened yet. Like, I, I think I kind of had already moved on where I was like, I thought Quinn Snyder was going to, uh, you know, do something else. So now the Jazz, they got a lot of decisions to make. I mean, it's they're in a tough spot as a franchise where you have very good players and even a couple of, like, Gobert and Mitchell aren't that old. They're basically young players, but is, is the fit perfect? And now they need a coach. They sit at the same table and they eat sometimes. You know, we don't, you know, I don't know if they ride to practice together. Probably not. And right on cue, the reports start to circulate out of Utah that Donovan Mitchell is a little bit unnerved by the situation. Seems to me, Keith, like there's... The, the PR campaign is being laid out right in front of us. Yeah, I mean, he's just posturing for either I need a, a heavy amount of input in who the next coach is, or I just, you know, just need to get my posture ready for for what comes next. Yeah, and when you look at the, the list of potential candidates to replace Quinn Snyder, uh, Johnny Bryant, Alex Jensen, Terry Stotts. Johnny Bryant w- was an assistant there. Uh, apparently has a great relationship with Donovan Mitchell. So that's a name to watch in, in particular if the Jazz can can solve whatever the uh, internal issues are w- with them and, and Donovan Mitchell as far as the direction of the franchise goes. That's going to do it for this show. Folks, hope you guys are enjoying the finals. For Keith, I'm Dave. Keith, let's get out of here. Ding, ding.
As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager.